now is back, the official BC Lions podcast. How is everybody doing? Uh, Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski uh, inside the Go Goat Sports Studios at the Wall Center, uh, recording this on a scorching hot day. The weather scorching hot and your Lions scorching hot. Nick, if you come off uh, your high yet, I know you were pretty jacked up there on Saturday. No, the, the adrenaline's still rolling right now. I, we just uh, we just checked out the CFL power rankings, and I'm pleased with two. I know I, I think you are as well, but <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, and yeah, and you know what? And without want trying to to get too excited and trying, I, I would have been. This might seem ridiculous. I would not have hated three either. Um, mm-hmm. The Calgary Stampeders, we know what they're capable of. They're three and zero at the end of the day. You can argue like Winnipeg; they haven't won convincingly. Maybe haven't looked too pretty, but. Yeah, it's, it feels good uh, to be mm-hmm. on the podium of the power rankings, so yeah. to speak. I'll take a page out of Nathan Rourke's book, but this is truly how I feel as well. But I, the power rankings don't mean a thing to me, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I take them with a grain of salt, and um, but but people love talking about them, so that's that that is why I just brought them up. But I think it's yeah, better to talk people, about teams in tears. People get unnecessarily passionate about the yeah, power rankings. Very. Um, remember, a couple weeks ago, we were in here and. We we won the big game against the Elks, and going into the bye week after recording, officially we were going on a bye week already, but we were taking some time off. So we said, okay, what the heck? Let's go upstairs and and have a beer in the lounge upstairs. And we're t- and, and I think the power rankings came out at that point, and we were uh, we were below a couple teams that had lost. <laughs> Hamilton for one looked terrible in Saskatchewan. We'll go around the league later, but. So it's funny how it works. I'm saying people overreact to the power rankings, yet I overreacted in week one when I thought we were higher, deserving to be higher than sixth or seventh, whatever it was. Who cares? Yeah, we let, just let the games play out, right? That's it. So 59-15 over Toronto. Uh, the Lions are 2-0 and for the first time since 2016. My first year with the club, uh, 2-0 and start, went into Hamilton on July 1st and won a big game at Tim Hortons Field and... That was the start of something special, a 12-6 and six finish, uh, a big home playoff win over the Blue Bombers and before yeah. losing the Western Final in Calgary. But uh, the goals are bigger than just a Western Final appearance, and we're not going to start talking about anything about to that nature just yet. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's cliche as it goes. One game season, one week at a time, and this is not the best situation to be in if we're talking about it objectively. Short week, long travel to Ottawa, Going to be banged up. Uh, Brian Burnham will be headed to the six-game injured list. Uh, that officially announced by head coach Rick Campbell today. Uh, the news a little bit better. Running back James Butler, linebacker Bo Lacumbo, recording this on a Monday. Their plan is to practice Tuesday, and all signs point to them uh, at least dressing. So, But we don't want to take anything away uh, from the big win. Uh, other than Mr. Rourke, we're going to talk about him, obviously. 436 passing yards. New record for Canadian quarterbacks. Uh, what else impressed you the most? I think that there hasn't been a falter yet. Like we've we've seen him so poised, really under pressure too. Uh, on that very first drive, when he did have pressure, he rolls out, makes a guy miss, grabs a first down with his feet. Uh, the zip on his balls. There were two that stood out to me that um, I brought up. I brought this up yesterday on, on Twitter um, on a Twitter space. Those uh, the, the conversations. Yeah, you, you were with Farhan and Julio. Yeah, I, believe, I, br- right? I brought yeah. these two throws up that really impressed me, and they weren't the touchdown throws because those were an, those are all impressive in themselves. But everyone remembers those. But the two that I thought were really impressive to me was there was a go ball to Dominique Rhymes in the first quarter where the ball was rocketed to Rhymes. Yeah, 
he was fairly open, but it was still, it was there. It was in his hands and it felt like half a second and it was like a 30, 40 yard throw. And there was one, I believe it was, it might've been a couple plays before or a couple plays after, but the lines are deep in their own territory after the goal line stand. And it was, just, it was just this normal flat pass to Javon Katoy. But again, the zip that Rourke had on the ball, he pretty much just like launched it right into his belly and Katoy just had gobbled it up. Yeah. And the, the power Nathan has with his, with his throws right now and, the accuracy and uh, he's hard on himself too right now, right? He's he's saying, oh, there was a couple of balls where I could have done this, could have done that, but the numbers speak for themselves in the performance, and it was just impressive all around from what I saw. Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing uh, to laud his athletic ability, his throwing ability, uh, great arm, can make plays with his feet. Had at least one scramble in the first quarter to extend a long drive when it looked like things had broken down for him, uh, receiver wise. And you have to start giving credit to the coaching staff, particularly Jordan Maximic, Jason Tucker. They're designing plays. They're scheming this up for these receivers to get wide open. And that is something that is a major, major benefit to this offense as it's constructed. I think we're hearing a lot more love toward Jordan Maximic and deservedly so. The offense, it seems like they're always doing the right thing. And I think that starts from the play calling and from the scheming and Last against Edmonton, it was a lot of Nathan did a lot of running, right? And but on seventy eight yards, yeah. I think on the ground, yeah. And I think that may have been on purpose or by design. But on Saturday, it was just the air show, right? And it was spreading the ball around to four or five different receivers. I think there were what six people caught a ball in the first uh, seven in the first quarter. Yeah, seven seven receivers had at least, including David Mackey. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think Jordan Maximick's doing a doing a tremendous job in uh, designing the offense around Nathan Rourke's skill set and. Uh, allowing all this receiving core is very star studded and he's allowing all of them to get their own uh, spotlight, I guess, in, in terms of uh, what they're bringing to the table. It's funny how it works, eh? You know, when the team's losing and not playing well, oh, the play calling, the offensive coordinator, not creative enough. And now, now maybe some of that's warranted, but I, I just think that's, I think you have to give credit to these coaches for putting, for utilizing the talent. Well, we've seen a lot of coaches, with talent at their disposal, don't do what's necessary to utilize it. And again, early sample size here, tough situation, uh, tough test here in Ottawa against a Red Blacks team that probably feels mm-hmm. they could easily be 2-0 yeah. if not for some lapses in execution against the two-time defending Grey Cup champs. But hey, it's just add it to the intrigue. We'll see how this team reacts with a little bit of injury adversity. Uh, with Burnham down, Dominique Rimes uh, stepped up in a big way, 143 yards Two touchdown uh, receptions. We talked about one of those uh, receiving end of a solid throw by Nathan Rourke. Uh, We're going to talk to Dominic Rimes in just a couple of minutes. Uh, This is a guy who's um, obviously talented on the football field, but interesting guy off of it too. We touched on it in Arrow Up, the documentary. uh, The fact that he's pretty much a full-fledged Canadian resident now living with his fiance in Ottawa, shoveling snow in the winter and He's a video guy too at heart. He has his vlogs going. He's got that little GoPro camera. So yeah, yeah, it's always great to see the players doing content. He, and Dominique's he's a very laid back guy, very kind, very very fun to be around. It, very down to earth. Yeah, it brings a good vibe when you're around him. It's always like happy times. Yeah, and it's we're gonna talk to him about the celebrations too, right? He had yeah. the Wu Tang Clan thing. I'd like his thoughts on that. Uh, last year we went to Toronto. It was right before Halloween. He did like a zombie yes, celebration. Yeah, I remember so, that. 
and we talked to him in camp about how he was looking forward to breaking out some new ones. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is a guy who, uh, a former member of the Ottawa Red Blacks, as mentioned, uh, his his marriage, his love life, uh, his, his fiance is from Ottawa. She'll be at the game and talk about living in Canada and, and enjoying some success on the field. But this is a guy who um, we knew he had a spot on the roster, but it's just like, okay, with Lucky and Burnham and, and everyone else, uh, how much will he contribute? Well, so far, so good. Uh, he's he's proved to be a valuable favorite target for Nathan Rourke. Mm-hmm. And now with, with Brian out of the lineup, we have, we have another big name coming into the lineup. Uh, Josh this, Pearson. Yeah, for yeah. this week, yeah. So. Yeah, 89 Pearson uh, is slated to to take Burnham's spot, and this is a guy who looked good in camp. And, and, big, he's um, big too. Formerly with the Tampa, yeah, very big, long. Um, formerly with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, on their Super Bowl winning team a couple years ago, was active for a few games. So we'll have to get him on a future episode once he has a couple games under his belt, get his favorite Gronkowski stories and... TB12. TB12, and and he talked a bit about Chris Godwin. Uh, You can see that, uh, some of those clips at bclions.com. We're going to plan some more feature stuff, so Mm -hmm. very impressive. Um, Another guy I want to give a big shout-out to for for Saturday is Suk Chung. I I think we can declare that Suk Chung is back. To If if people were doubting him and that he couldn't get back to his old self back from based on his Winnipeg days, I think he is totally back to being a an aggressive dominating force on the line. If you want to, if you want evidence, go look at the Dominic Grimes touchdown. The first one that he caught, Suk Chung, uh, he slams the defensive lineman coming into yeah. him into the ground, and is it's back to what Suk is known to do best, and it's it's good to see on that end too. Plays with an edge, and yeah, I know he's battled some injuries the last couple of years, and yeah, good to see him uh, per uh, being persistent and sticking through it, always intense and. Yeah, uh, the offensive line overall, absolutely outstanding through two games. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that uh, with Dominique Grimes coming up on First and Now. And Dominique joining us right now. And uh, yeah, Dom, we were kind of remarking a bit before we, we officially started this interview. It's You're cooking out there at home. It's hot out, isn't it? Oh, man, it's, it's super hot out. I mean... I mean, it's a good thing, man. You've been wanting some good weather around here, so man, I love for it to be hot, especially with me being from Miami. You know, it's up my alleyway. Yeah, this is probably still not quite the same in comparison, is it? Uh, no, not, not even close. It's not even that humid out here, but I mean, it's good enough. I mean, especially like indoors, like, you know, a lot of um, buildings in Vancouver, they don't have the um, AC units, they have fans, so I mean, that, that takes me back to when I was a kid growing up in um, summer, summer days. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the humidity is uh, something we were definitely missing out on compared uh, to where you uh, grew up, of course. Uh, speaking of hot, uh, what about this offense, Dominique? A big night for you. We talked about it off the top. 143 yards, uh, the two touchdowns. Um, how special of a feeling is it overall right now uh, for you and the entire squad? Oh man, it feels it feels amazing, man. Just because we know what we're capable capable of. I mean, we kind of seen it last year, but you know, for um, some reason we wasn't able to like you know put the piece together. But you know, just being with the same guys from last year and you know adding adding, I mean, we really ain't adding no new pieces. We just um Nate was our star quarterback, and you know everybody you know got on board with it, and it feels good to be coming out 
a hot start, man. You know, we set the tempo for what we want to do in this lead, and I already know how each and everybody on the offense feels. Like this, this is our peak. This is our um ceiling. Like we have so much to improve on, and we can do a lot better. Yeah, that's a good mindset to have. Keep getting better. Uh, one more quickly here for me before I toss it over to Nick for a couple, but. Uh, Gary Peters was talking about this post game and it's, it, it's a quote that that stuck with me. He talked about how the defensive backs side of things. Um, there's a lot more closeness in that group now. I mean, a lot of those guys have been playing together for more than a year. And he talked about how Luches in training camp, they, they had a bunch of sessions watching film, eating pizza till 10, 11 nights, something they, something they couldn't really do last year. Um, is that the same for you guys and the receivers? Uh, do you find there's a special bond maybe brewing that maybe wasn't quite there for whatever reason? Oh, yeah, man. You can, de- you can definitely feel like the, um, the closeness this year with, like, each group of guys and with each position group, especially because I guess you got, um, you know, everything's kind of back to normal with not having to deal with COVID. And, you know, you can go out with, yeah. your, with, your, with your brother, so – I can definitely um, commend him on that. But, I, yeah, I just feel this year, um, guys, especially in our receiver group, we're just closer and, like, you know, we play we play harder for one another because, you know, you don't want to let your brother down. So, man, it, it, it feels good, man, because it's, it's really a, a true brotherhood in that receiving room. Mm-hmm. And, Dominique, you mentioned that last year you could maybe do some things like even going out to eat at a restaurant because of the COVID uh, restrictions last year. And I know – um, I, I believe uh, I wouldn't be uh, I'd be saying this correct, but you you didn't have the year that you would have wanted to last year uh, personally. And I think even wider, there were guys like Darrell Walker, Shaq Evans, Brandon Banks, even who was an MLP in 2019, that, like these established receivers like yourself and these others that I just named. But do you think that the, the, the way that last year went with 2021, having all the restrictions, do you think that maybe yourself and these other guys, like, is there a chip on your shoulder that you can you're st- you, you can still prove that? you have this top tier element in your game left, or do you think that you're, you're feeling better that now that the restrictions are gone or just what's your mindset on all of that? Uh, man, each and every year I go out there, I want to show that, you know, I'm, I'm a weapon. I'm a threat each and every game I get out, get out there. And, you know, for me personally, it was just, um, it was a matter of being in a different position because we all know last year, um, you know, it was, it was my first year with the Lions and, you know, I was in a different position to help our team win and, you know, just to contribute. But this year I'm, I'm putting more, um, I would say a more dynamic position to be able to make plays for the team. So I, I don't, I always felt like my ability never left left me just on um, what I was asked to do. So I, I feel like this year they've um, asked me to do a different role and, you know, I'm, I'm embracing that fully and that's to be able to um, make plays for, for the team. Mm-hmm. Another thing that it really impressed me about your performance on Saturday was that every single target that came your way resulted in a reception. Have you, have you had a game like mm-hmm. that at the pro level or is that something that maybe back in college was the last time you did? Uh, no, I've, I've, I've had a few games where um, I went hundred percent on um, all my targets, but I mean, it's just the testament to the things I do in the off season to um, focus on catching the ball and man, just, you know, I don't like you say in the, receiver, in the receiver room. You don't want to let your brother down, and I don't want to let my brothers down when I'm out on the field. Like if I can make every play that comes my way, I'm gonna make every play that comes my way. And especially we got Nathan, Nathan that quarterback man, and just his work and like you know how he motivates the guys, man. It, it makes you want to catch every ball that comes your way. Mm-hmm. And then you just spoke about the brotherhood that you guys got going on, and we saw one of those brothers go down in, in Brian Burnham last week. Um, 
But so how how did the group respond after Brian went down? And uh, can, I guess you guys proved on the field that you can continue to still ball out. But um, what was that like in the dressing room after? But you knew that um, the game was going to be uh, played without Brian. Oh man, I, I think every guy got emotional because we know what type of leader he is and the the passion he has every time he steps on the field. Like he he was talking about this earlier. Like he 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 doesn't take a, a game for granted. And we know how bad he wants to be out there. So, you know, it, it hurts us. But we all know how competitive and, you know, how, how bad Brian want to win. So we know at the end of the day he wants to compete and ball out like he was out there. So, you know, it's going to be tough not having him out there for a few weeks. But I can guarantee you nothing, nothing going to fall off with our receiver room. Uh, nothing's going to change with our offense. We're still going to, you know, attack people on any defense. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to make a shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Pearson expected to be next up in line, and he's another six foot four receiver. So your the receiving room is getting a little, it's getting a little taller, right? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely getting a little taller. But man, Josh, Josh, good, good, good receiver, good ball player, man. You know, he got he got good grassroots. You know, coming um, actually, actually um, I talked to Josh before the season. Like you know, one of my old buddies I played in college with at Murray State knew Josh, and you know, he connected us. And you know, I was talking to him before he came up to training camp and. I mean, it's just good to see how far along he's he's come, and man, I'm excited to go um watch him Thursday because I know he's definitely gonna ball out. He's definitely gonna raise the standard for us, man. Because you know, young guys, he's motivated and hungry, and you know, when we see a young guy motivated, hungry, it just makes us a little bit more hungry. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I'll, I'll go back to training camp in Kamloops, but I I thought just by being there every day, I thought you really impressed me every day by. It was a spectacular catches that seemed like they were just routine for you. But uh, Josh was another guy I thought that stood out too. So you just spoke about how they motivate you to be better. Um, did you feel like that was one maybe your better training camps you've had as a pro? Uh, yeah, of course. Because like you said, um, last year wasn't the season I wanted to happen. You know, had an injury and everything. So I was definitely super motivated coming into this year coming um to be the best version of me that I could be. And then, you know, having young guys that's going to push you in camp, it's going to make you even better. So, you know, as they say, competition only makes you better. And, you know, Josh made me better this training camp. And, you know, look at the fruits of his labor. He's been super spectacular. And, you know, I don't, I don't expect nothing less when we get in the game. Yeah, very interested to see uh, him show it in game action because it's always exciting to see these new players these younger players come in in camp see where they fit in on a depth chart at the end of the day um mentioned it going back to ottawa this has sort of become your second home right i know we were having some fun with you in kamloops uh, you and hatch in the dorm room <laughs> doing, doing the roommate con and you said you traded in the the beach for shoveling snow uh, yes your lovely fiance of course uh, living in Ottawa, how much more special is this for you uh, to go back and face your old team again, and and to be in a place where you now call home in the off season, Dom? Oh man, it's it's super special because when I go back to Ottawa, you know I have my fiance and her family, so it, it's it's like you said, it's second home to me. So going back to Ottawa, it's gonna feel like home. But also, in an, in um in another thought process, I know last year it was a place where you know unfortunately I got injured. So right, right. This year, I, I really have a, a real big motivation this year for this game to, you know, to come out, you know, super focused and, you know, make sure I can contribute tremendously to the team. 
What is the overall vibe? I mean, uh, we talked a bit about how the injuries have, have taken a toll, but guys seem positive the way I look at it. I mean, uh, having the short week helps in that regard too, right? Yeah, it, it helps a lot. And, you know, injuries happen in football, but at the end of the day, like you said, we're we going to play for our brothers. And, you know, they, like I said, they just they just recharging back up to be super stronger than they ever been. So, you know, we're going to hold it down for them while they, you know, while they might get a, bit, a little nicked up or bruised. So, I mean, it's a short week, but, I mean, we're super focused. We're super ready. You know, we're taking care of our bodies. So we're definitely going to be ready for Thursday. Now, before Nick uh, jumps in to talk a bit about your, your video talents, um, we wanted to – we talked about how this team was a more tight knit, closer group. One of the reasons is I think you've all bought into Nathan Rourke. Um, you know, what can you say about him that hasn't been said already? And just how big is the ceiling for this kid? Oh, his, his ceiling is super tremendous. And I don't think he got to his surface yet, which is the scary part about him. I mean, this kid is a hard worker. He comes in. Every, each and every day, ready to work, ready to learn. You know, he trusts he trusts each and every one of his receivers. And I think as a receiver, when you have a young quarterback that trusts each and every one of you out there, I mean, that just gives the whole receiver room confidence that he's going to let us make plays for him. So, man, I, I think Nathan's future is super bright. And like I said, we only seen a sample size on him, and he, he has so much, like, greatness left in him. And I'm, I'm super excited that I'm with him on his journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as as Matt mentioned, uh, you're, you're doing vlogging this season. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. something you've wanted to do in years past, right? And now, and now you're finally picking it up. Yeah, man. I just, I just, I just felt like the time was right, man. I just felt like, like the time of my life, this was right. The the story is unfolding. I just feel like this year is going to be a historic year, and I just wanted to um document that, document each and every week of the season and just to show the fans and, you know, show anyone that wants to know how the CFL operates, just how special it is. And for me to be able to show how special the CFL is while also showing my journey with on the BC Lions and my different teammates and, you know, different personalities and just how amazing this league can be and how great guys are, man. It's, I, I, I feel it's, um, it's something that's going to be big that, you know, people, in a, in a few years, we'll understand later. Mm-hmm. And then last, uh, you had your, uh, your was it best friend come down for uh, the season opener game against Edmonton and then the smart car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was, my, that was my best friend, um, TJ. You know, I've been knowing him ever since my freshman year in college, and we've just been best friends ever since. And, you know, it's his, it was his first game actually coming to see me play. So that was super fun and, you know, riding in a smart car. It, 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 it was a journey, man. I, f- I felt like I was riding in a go-kart, man. But, man, it was it was super fun lad, um, that weekend, man. I was I was happy, man. <laughs> Is there any uh, – what kind of ideas do you got down the road? Or do you, do you not want to share those just yet? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have too many big ideas right now. Um, just how it, how it comes together? Yeah, just, just – just how it comes together naturally. And um, like I said, I'm doing the vlogs, but, you know, I feel, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a documentary might come, you know, after this, um, after this season or seasons prior, or like maybe, you know, five, six years down the line, I feel like, um, like I say, I'm, I'm, 
I feel like things are just special in a certain type of way that I got to, you know, record it and show it. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what piqued your interest about um, creating uh, content uh, from, uh, from your personal brand? Uh, just, I see, I see the opportunity it has, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big YouTube guy. So I watch YouTube. I probably watch YouTube more than TV and anything else. And I could just see, like, I could see the, um, with the CFL, how in many ways the YouTube brand can help the CFL, can help people's brands. And I think it gives a different perspective for the fans of wanting to see what the guys do in their off time or what they do in their off season. So it gives a, a fan a different perspective and it tells a story of a player like if a fan can see me um you know go around town enjoying different activities and meeting different people in the city i mean it's going to give like a story and a background and like um different perspective of me rather than just a football player they see for a few hours mm-hmm. and then I, I imagine are you bringing that on the road with you the the camera oh of course yeah i'm gonna have yeah. my fiance she gonna my fiance gonna be uh, recording this one she going to record um, herself and her friends and family, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a good one. Fantastic. If you say if you need a backup uh, shooter, you can you always call on us too. So <laughs> get our get our producing credit going. You know, hey, hey, come on, come on, Ryan's prime time. You know, if you, you can definitely put your hands in it because it's, it's it's definitely prime time this year. Get some stuff on the plane. Get guys uh, doing their various uh, plane activities, sleeping, watching movies, catch a guy snoring. That's always good content, Dom. Oh, see, look, look, you give me idea. I, I ain't even think of that. Here we go. That's what just, we're here I, for. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the basic stuff. Now you got me thinking about other things I could do. Oh, by the time this season is over, Dominique, um, it'll pretty much be hard knocks, right? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna see every player on the team. I'm a like I say, I'm gonna do different activities with every player on the team. So you're gonna see how I interact with each and every uh, individual on the team. So you're gonna definitely see I'm a team. I'm a I'm I'm definitely a, um, a fan favorite amongst my teammates. Yeah, you you guys got a pretty funny locker room. I must admit. Uh, in your mind, who who are the guys that crack you up on a day to day basis? Oh man, well, well of course you gotta say Tim Bonner. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the number one choice but then i don't know you you got james on the old line man he, he's pretty funny man like he's he's if, if you've been around james you'll be laughing all day oh man it, it, it's so many funny guys man I, I i can't tell you but yeah this this is definitely a great locker room man you could definitely you could definitely feel it like you know each and every individual on this team like wants to play their part in making sure the bc lions of this season is successful and that's what you truly can like applaud each and everybody. Like, you know, sometimes you got teams where certain individuals want to have personal accolades rather than team accolades. So man, it's, it's definitely team first over here. Mm-hmm. Hey, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to ask about Jason Tucker too. You also have a quite, quite a CFL legend uh, coaching you up at, a, at the wide receivers position. Uh, what's it like having a uh, coach Tucker, uh, uh, in the room, uh, coaching you guys up this season. Oh man, he's been a tremendous help, man. He he, he makes the gate the guy um he makes the game easy for the guys, man. You know, he, as being like a former you know player and like the the type of play he and play style he had and the, um the level of talent he had when he played, like I mean that makes it easier for us. So he knows what we're saying, he knows what we're thinking, so he can just help us 
uh, critique us on the little things that we do need to um, work on. And, I, man, you can just see it on game days, man. Like, the working, you know, the things he's telling us is working out on the field. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think one thing, too, I'll bring it back to Kamloops for a bit, but uh, one thing I noticed about the coaching staff and not just Tucker, but the other coaches like RP, John Bowman, they're they're more on the younger side too, and I find they're doing a, they're doing a lot of things with you together. And I think of uh, Jason Tucker playing basketball with you guys, like that's something that uh, you guys can relate on too, right? Like you can actually do uh, whatever it may be, whether it's basketball, whether it's whatever, just hanging out. You can do that with your coaches too, right? Yeah, man, you you could you could just hang out with them, man. Even um for um Coach Tuck's birthday, you know, we had got some um the day day after we got some dinner and stuff like that, you know, just. It shows like a family bond with, with um like amongst the team, which is which is tremendous because you know it, with a you know with a closer bond you know makes you fight that much harder for your brother that's you're playing with. So, man, I love it, man. It's, like I said, it, it don't feel like no team. It feel like a family when you're playing. Uh, before we let you go, uh, Dominique, um, the basis of your celebration was that a Wu Tang Clan thing? What was that? <laughs> it's a little Miami dance called Wu Tang. You know, just bringing my Miami style when I, you know, just having fun in the end zone, man. Cause that's the thing, man. We want to score points and we want to um have fun while we're doing it, man. So if we can do that, I'm gonna definitely bring out some more dances on the season. So, you know, you just gotta stay tuned. You never know what's coming next. There it is. Yeah, I remember last year we talked in Toronto. It was Halloween. You did the zombie thing after scoring. So it's good. That's um. It's good that you're proud of your uh, Miami heritage too, no doubt. So we look forward to seeing uh, what's in store this week. Yeah, just just, just stay tuned. Got something real special. <laughs> I love it. A tea, that's what we call a tease in the business, right? <laughs> yeah, big tease. I'm going to give you a big tease. Just there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, listen, uh, we've been wanting to get you on for a while and we're glad it worked out after such a big game. And um we look forward to seeing what's in store in Ottawa. Uh, Dominique, thanks for doing this. Always uh, ma- appreciate you making yourself accessible. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, Matt and Nick. Appreciate awesome. Catch you later. Okay. Hey, Appreciate thanks, Dom. Eh? All right. Thank you. Dominique Rhymes, a massive performance and a very interesting guy away from football as well. Become one of our favorite guys to talk to. Yeah, yeah, really from day one, uh, he was someone that stuck out. To, uh, he's just a friendly guy. Very, like I said earlier, very positive vibes. And uh, he's all about the content too. So that uh, that makes my life easier. And I'm always willing to help, or I'm always willing to help him out too. So, yeah, always good. And uh, I look forward to um, to helping him with the GoPro one. I'll get him on the side. I'll use it on the sidelines. We'll, we'll get some Dominique Grimes. His, uh, his friend with the, with the, the smart car in his last vlog, uh, that, that cracked me up. <laughs> that was, yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah. We encourage people to check that out for sure. As mentioned, Lions and Red Blacks, uh, we're out of here. We'll get on a plane on Wednesday and then Thursday night football, 4.30 Pacific. You can listen to that one uh, on AM730, the Lions Audio Network. We'll be covering it all content-wise as well, bclions.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Maybe do some Baker Instagram lives from the sidelines. See how ambitious we are. See how the game's going. But what the people want. Uh, Lions, though, yeah, 2-0, third in the West, only by virtue of having a game in hand on two other undefeated teams. We talked about the power rankings off the top. Winnipeg, Calgary, 3-0. and uh, Calgary, 3-0. That ticks me off still. No business winning that game in Hamilton. But I'll, I'll save my Hamilton Tiger Cats rant maybe for... 
for later. But uh, recapping the week two, the other week three games, I should say, probably the surprise of the week. Uh, Thursday, uh, out and about, running some errands, turned the game on. Oh, geez, Montreal's up big here. Uh, finally, an Eastern team beats a Western mm-hmm. team. So Montreal, that's a much-needed win for them. Uh, they're one and two. Saskatchewan dropping to two and one. You know how it goes, right? All of a sudden, people are wondering, what's wrong with the Riders? They're going to have to watch someone else play the Grey Cup in their stadium. It's one week, folks. Relax. But I think it's clear Saskatchewan misses Dan Clark, Nick. Yeah, that was a big takeaway from that game for sure. I think that game's more of an anomaly for the Riders in terms of that really from the get-go, it seemed like they just didn't have it for whatever reason. Just say outlier from now on. An outlier. Yeah, Cal, use that from now on. Yeah, so that was an outlier for Saskatchewan in my opinion. Um, I'm I'm of belief that they have a really talented roster, and I I think Cody Fajardo's... uh, I think he's a franchise guy at this point. I'm willing to go out and say yeah. that. But they also lost Shaq Evans pretty early on. So I think the Alouettes are keying in on Duke Williams as really Saskatchewan's main and best option um, in that game. And that showed too. But uh, really at all phases, yeah, like you said, for Dan Clark, um, him not being there definitely showed up for the Riders. Uh, Cody Eight sacks allowed. Yeah, I Cody think was, was running so. around for his life pretty much from the get-go too. And hey, let Montreal have the quarterback controversy. So we'll see what happens now. Yeah, yeah you have to stick kudos with to Trevor Owls, Harris. Right? Right? Yeah, kudos to the Owls. And the rematch between those two teams this week, that should be interesting at Mosaic Stadium. Um, the Grey Cup rematch, Winnipeg-Hamilton. And I think, was that a little subtle troll job by the Blue Bombers going with um, white uniforms? At oh, 100%. 100% yeah. Was it? But good for them. And hey, um, kind of typical of the first two bomber games where they didn't dominate they didn't ground and pound for four straight quarters but all of a sudden a big pick six by Willie Jefferson where have you seen that before and that was kind of the turning point in that game as the bombers get to three and oh the Hamilton Tiger Cats again I'm going to say it my early season (laughs) surprise my in a disappointing way um okay the east division is kind of a dog's breakfast so that's kind of the good news for the Tiger Cats but Winnipeg, they're not doing it pretty, but they're doing what championship teams do. They're just finding ways to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with the Bombers on Friday night. I thought that um, we saw a couple of weaknesses, and maybe in the kicking game, maybe in the secondary, and those seem to be non-existent on Friday, which is a scary sign to see with Winnipeg because Zach Caleros was still... Uh, get like like we said before, getting it done when it matters. They had Nick Dembski go down, and Nick Dembski was having a big game before he did mm-hmm. go down. So we'll have to monitor that. Uh, Winnipeg's ground game again, though, not much going on there. Makes so, you wonder, yeah. Yeah, so, makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think, especially if Nick Dembski is missing time too, that could be a problem for them on offense in terms of dis- sustaining like um, success overall and getting good drives down because they really they had one offensive touchdown too, right? And last yeah. Friday, but. Overall, overall, I think they're still a scary opponent, and yeah, they'll be a good test on July nine. Some doubts maybe creep in about their kicking game too here, but yeah, uh, they're three and zero. Yeah, Legio's been good. He's yeah, 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 that's he's he's become a bit more reliable. But the punting game too, he's been very strong. Yeah, field position, absolutely. So yeah, so the Winnipeg three and zero, and the Battle of Alberta, the early Battle of Alberta. Stampeders and Elks on Saturday and checking, kind of trying to monitor that one as we're getting set up at BC Place. First part of the double arrow. Interesting here. The Elks, they came to play, but turned into the Bo Levi Mitchell Malik Henry show. Yep. And Calgary, like they've been known to do, find a way to get it done in the fourth quarter. 
the Stamps 3 and 0, the Elks 0 and 3. So that creates the logjam with these four teams minus Edmonton in the West Division. Mm-hmm. That had to be Bo Levi's best performance of the season by a long shot too. When my, there were questions opinion. about his health too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't I frankly and the the comeback in Hamilton I thought that was more of a team effort and just a lot of things going their way like we saw the, the Dane Evans strip like that's just uh like you said that's something you've never seen in your life watching CFL football but right uh on Saturday I watched I watched that game back yesterday and I thought Bo Levi was pretty much the main reason why the Stampeders won that football game which is a good sign for Calgary too right um was, mm-hmm. he looked really good he was hitting him yeah him and Malik Henry had a really good connection multiple times on multiple deep balls so uh and then they also got Reggie Bagleton and Kamar Jordan that offense, right? So they are they are looking quite dangerous on offense. And Cameron Judge is another guy that's making a ton Big of plays signing. on defense. Yeah, yeah. got a pick, got a bunch of other plays. So Calgary on the bye week. I mentioned Lions and Red Blacks Thursday. Friday night is the Elks in Hamilton, a battle of the O and threes. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Hamilton uh, going to be wearing those. The alternate hammer. jerseys, yeah. those gray hammer jerseys. I don't know about those. We'll have to see those. I don't like to judge till I see an action. But someone, well, barring a tie, of course, will come away with a victory. We hope it's Hamilton. Keep the Elks losing games. So Edmonton-Hamilton goes Friday. Uh, we mentioned Saturday will be the Montreal-Saskatchewan rematch. Um, I'd be inclined to lead towards Saskatchewan in that one, but hey. Stranger things certainly can happen. And then a bit of a quirk in the schedule here. Monday, yeah. Winnipeg in Toronto. We'll see uh, what the heck the Argos do. They have some long time to prepare and kind of stew over what happened here on Saturday. But Winnipeg, you mentioned July 9th. They're kind of in the same situation we are this week. Yeah. They play the Monday game in Toronto, have to go home with only a few days to prepare, and then we'll come out here for what is shaping up to be a massive Western showdown. Will it be a first place battle? That remains to be seen. See how the chips fall this week with all the games. But Winnipeg, Toronto on Monday at BMO Field. That's going to be intriguing for me to see how the Argos show. Big time. And I think it matters a lot for for our club too because Winnipeg is, look at the CFL power rankings, Winnipeg's number one. They're the back-to-back champions. And there's always going to be excuses uh, with an unproven team that we that the BC Lions are are seen as right now, and the latest excuse was, "Oh, you've only beaten Edmonton and Toronto." But right. I don't I don't buy that for a second. I think Edmonton's shown they're not as bad as yeah. they looked in yeah, week when, one. Yeah, when did Edmonton and Toronto lose pro status? Can yeah. someone tell me? Like, yeah. is is there a relegation round that we don't know about? I yeah, the Toronto yeah. one I don't buy at all, especially on defense too. We saw the magic Garrett Davis, Winton McManus, the right. Sean Amos. Right, right. These are good. Yeah. These are good players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my point being is that the president, uh, the precedent for uh, Toronto is a forty-one point victory over them. So if if the number two seed in the CFL can do that in the BC Lions, then let's see what the number one seed can do. So I'm really interested to see how Winnipeg matches up against Toronto and if they can, um, if they don't. They can win the game, but if they don't win it dominating in dominating fashion, I think that it it shows better for for our team, right? Yeah, exactly. The the two seed in the rankings, I love that. That's how we're going. I love right that. Now, yeah. yeah, hey, it's gonna uh, really jacked up to be going to Ottawa here, but playing the first game of the week um, kind of makes it feel different because we won't have a game to watch the night before. Yeah. Usually, we get into the city and go out have a, have a bite and maybe a diet Pepsi or two and and watch uh, whatever game is on, but. Won't have the luxury of watching that. Might have to just watch uh, the Blue Jays or something. But 
Um, very, very excited to be going to Ottawa. We'll be back in here next week to recap what hopefully will be a win over Ottawa and start teeing up this huge game against the Blue Bombers. Uh, first and now broadcasting inside the Go Goat Sports Studios at the Wall Center. Uh, the podcast is on Twitter at First and Now. Uh, I am at Bakes Takes eighty four. He is at Nick underscore Kowalski, right? Yeah, correct. N I K for Nick. N I K. Simple spelling for a simple guy. Gotta <laughs> love it. All right. Uh, reminder: a four thirty kickoff on Thursday. This has been First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast.